Hi, everybody. My name is Kennedy Tippins. Welcome back to my podcast, Rooted. Um, I'm just going to be honest with y'all right now. I drank a Celsius uh, at about 7 p.m.-ish, maybe. It is almost 11 p.m., and I'm really feeling the effects of it right now. I finished my paper, 10-page paper. I did pretty much... I finished up my senior board. I probably glued about a million uh, rhinestones on to my board. It looks very bougie. I'll probably post a picture on the podcast account. Um, uh, Maybe. I'll think about it. Let me know if I should do that or not. I probably will. Anyways, uh, bear with me here. I have a lot of energy. Uh, My mind is going very fast, but We are going to be talking about James chapter 5 and also about what Christianity in bondage looks like today. So uh, a lot of times we feel like we're free, but our lives don't reflect freedom. And so we're going to kind of be getting into that. Um, I am so Yeah, I'm just excited to get into it. So with that being said, let's get on into it. So uh, this absolutely has nothing to do with the topic right now. But um, I was thinking about this the other day and I asked my friends in the car and they couldn't even answer this. So um, friends that were in the car, y'all were, you know, useless to me to answer this question. But someone tell me why. I was thinking about this. Um, Blueberries. Let's talk about blueberries for a second. When you cut a blueberry in half, it's green on the inside, but it's blue on the outside. But if you squish a blueberry, it's purple. The color theory is not theorying. Like something like, like it's not there. It's pretty much non-existent. Like that doesn't make sense. Red and blue make purple green and blue are not supposed to make purple. And if you think I'm kidding about it being green on the inside, look at a picture right now of a peeled blueberry and tell me that that's not green. It is green. I'll probably put that on the Instagram too. We're going to do a poll. And uh, if y'all can't answer it to me, then y'all are all just dead to me. Like, I don't even know what to tell you right now. But anyways, this has absolutely nothing to do with what we are talking about today, just kind of food for thought. But, you know, sometimes I just think about crazy stuff like this. I was also thinking about why the first episode of a series is called a pilot episode instead of a takeoff episode. Because a takeoff episode makes more sense because the series is taking off. But pilot? And then someone was like, well, maybe it's because it's like taking you to your destination or whatever. Uh, that doesn't make sense, bruh. Okay, anyways, we are going to <laughs> talk about James chapter five. Now, you know, it's the Lord's time right now, guys. We got to stay focused. Can y'all tell that I had a Celsius? Anyways, the ones of you that speed up the podcast, because I know you do, I know you're out there. I speed it up to like double speed. You'll probably not have to speed it up today. 
because I'm talking really fast. I'm going to go ahead and read James chapter 5 verses 7 through 20, I believe. And the title of this chapter is Patience in Suffering. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how a farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged, and the judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessings those who persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, nor by heaven or earth, or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Then this chapter, the second half of the chapter is called A Prayer of Faith. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from error of their ways will save them from death and cover a multitude of sin. Okay, that was kind of a lot, guys. Um, But we're here to unpack it. I saw a TikTok the other day that was reading in James 5, and they were talking about Christians who live in bondage, and they pretty much think they're living a free life because of the good feeling that we have, that sometimes we associate that good feeling of freedom when really we're just kind of confused about what freedom really looks like. And I'm not going to lie, I don't think that I know what freedom feels like. Um, I think I felt a little bit of it maybe once or twice, but there's a lot of things that I'm still kind of chained up in that I'm working through and trying to give to God and trying to pick up my cross and walk. But to be quite honest with y'all, I really, I really think that I don't know what, what true freedom looks like. And I don't know what kind of Christian that makes me. I don't know what kind of a preacher that makes me. I don't, I don't know. Um, But what I know is that whenever I start to get on the right track with the Lord and I start to pick up my cross and I start to walk through the chains and into freedom, out of the chains and into freedom, I know that the Lord starts to change my, not the Lord, I know that the enemy starts to change my feelings about kind of my life and what I'm doing. And there was a pastor 
that said today at my parents' church, he said that when the enemy can't get to you, because there's a lot of things that the enemy can't control in your life, but what he can control is your the amount of discouragement in your life, and he'll start discouraging you. So when you start to walk in freedom and you start to pick up your Bible every day and you start to kind of walk through that and you start to not just pick up your Bible and read it every day, but actually walk it out, have a relationship with God and you talk back and forth, the enemy starts to bring discouragement onto you and tiredness onto you and distractions onto you. And when we get discouraged, we get disappointed. We talked about disappointment last week, and we talked about how sometimes when God doesn't do things our way, we get disappointed, therefore we get discouraged, therefore our actions start reflecting our discouragement. We start to not do the things that we wanted to do when we were encouraged and when we were walking in freedom. And I I can't point my finger on what it is that makes us want to stop that walk with the Lord other than distractions. You know, like I think that I walk my life feeling like reading my Bible is a chore. I don't think praying is a chore. I pray all the time, every day. Uh, I live in constant conversation with the Lord, but I think that picking up my Bible is sometimes a chore because it's a lot easier for me to sit there and scroll through TikTok to find the next video I'm going to make than it would be to read my Bible because I get really tired and my eyes start falling and my eyelashes just be getting heavy. You know, these luscious things are kind of hard to hold up like all the time, you know, but I think that every time I get on the right track and I start doing the things and I start not doing the things I'm not supposed to be doing. And, you know, I'm walking in that relationship. Boom, something happens. Oh, you love that friend? I'm going to take that friend out of your life. Discouragement. Oh, you really wanted that situation to happen? Not going to happen. Discouragement. Oh, you really wanted to do good on that test and you studied really hard, but then you accidentally studied the wrong thing? Boom, discouragement. And I'll tell you all some things I've told myself in this past month is, why are you not smart enough? Why are you not good enough? Why are you not a good enough friend? Why are you not a good enough Christian? Why are you not a good enough follower of Jesus? Why are you not good enough? Why are you not good enough at podcasting? Why are you not good enough at speaking to your parents like this? Why are you not good enough at being a sister? Why Why are you not good enough, Kennedy? Why? Tell me why. And just like I said last week, I am choosing to believe what the Bible says about me, but I'm going to be honest with y'all. I say that. I say, I'm going to choose what the Bible says about me because I know what the Bible says about me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I couldn't tell you where that was right off the top of my head. Do you want to know why? It's because I've been told what the Bible says about me and I've read it. I'm sure in the Bible multiple times, but I don't pick up my Bible every day. So therefore, I do not know. I do not study the Bible as much as I could be. And I think it'll change. I I have been extremely busy uh, trying to graduate and I could give you a million excuses for why I haven't picked it up, but my grades don't matter if my faith isn't in the right place because when my faith starts to slip, I start to slip. And when I start to slip, my grades start to slip. Um, and so kind of bringing back 
that Christian and bondage feeling. I talked about in the water walking episode about how our chains are really heavy and they drag us down. Walking in freedom looks like walking on water, you know? And what I always kind of thought about this, I haven't, I don't have this biblically backed up. This is just kind of my thought process and my opinion on this. But I think that when Simon Peter had the chains of distraction and discouragement and he started sinking, it started pulling him down, Jesus could still hold his hand. I think a lot of times, I think, I know that I, I say I think a lot because I really do think a lot. I think, I think, I think. I really do think a lot. Um, but I think about how sometimes in my brain, I think that Jesus can't hold me up if I have chains, that that if I'm underneath the water, Jesus can't reach me there. But why am I putting bondage on Jesus's abilities? Why am I putting borders and chains and bondages on what God can do for me? Because I assume that just because I have chains, that means that I'm untouchable, but I'm not. Jesus reached down in that water and he grabbed Simon Peter and he held him up. And that's what Jesus does for us. He holds us up. He holds us up until we can give our chains to him. You know, he can carry the chains. He was walking on that water with, I guess he hadn't gotten crucified yet, but he, uh, in my head, I always imagined that he had everyone else's chains on him because he did. And I just, I feel like, whenever I'm sinking in the water, and I I feel like this could be a water walking episode 2.0, but um, spiritual bondage and water walking kind of have a lot in common with each other. Um, But I feel as if I uh, always saw myself as unsavable when I have these chains around me but Jesus, he he can save anyone. He reached down in that water. He grabbed me no matter what bondage I had around me. And I'm just trying to understand that I don't have to have my bondage anymore. I have the authority to break my own chains in the name of Jesus and with the power of God and the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And... I I don't know, man, like it just, it was crazy to me to think about this. And when I was reading in James 5, let me pull it up here, do, 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 James 5, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have preserved. You've heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord has finally brought about. 
The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. That part where it says, as an example of patience in the face of suffering. Patience meaning we're waiting for something big to happen. We're waiting for the Lord, you know? And it's not saying Christians aren't going to suffer. It's saying that Christians have the ability to be patient in the suffering because not most of us, some of us, I would like to be included in the some of us, but I honestly don't know if I am. Some of us understand that the suffering is what we need sometimes. Like, I feel like if I haven't gone through addiction and hard times and loss and suffering and spiritual warfare, I feel like I wouldn't be in the relationship, in the exact same relationship with God that I am right now. Like, I love where I'm at with God. Obviously, there's always a room for improvement, and I'm still working on some of my chains and some of my bondage, but I'm grateful for my suffering because it's made me closer with Jesus and God. And if I wouldn't have gone through those things, then I wouldn't have an understanding on them. Because with patience and suffering comes understanding. Um, I uh, was thinking about one day, I'm going to use this story that I just thought of off the top of my head. But... um. Would you rather learn how to play, mm, let's use a sport. I'm a big pickleball person. Would you rather learn how to play pickleball from uh, the national champion of pickleball or some uh, guy that doesn't even know how to play and just thinks he knows? Maybe watch a few YouTube videos. You're going to want to go and talk to the person that's been through it and knows how to do things and started from scratch. Would you rather talk about a vape addiction with someone who's been through the vape addiction and gone through it and recovered in the name of Jesus or some stuck-up Christian that's never been through addiction in the first place that they know about or that they're aware about and they're just telling you, oh, well, the Lord, the Lord says the addiction is bad. So you shouldn't partake in it. Thanks, Karen. That's so helpful to me. Like, please, I know what the Lord says about it. Like, I know what's in the Bible. I don't need help knowing what's in the Bible. I need help walking it out. And that's where community comes in. And it talks about kind of holding each other accountable in a sense of, like, I have a friend who walks through stuff with me almost every day. And she's my accountability partner. And I know I've talked about accountability before, but she is. And um, and I walk out things that even though I'm younger than her, I've already walked through some stages of my spiritual life that she hasn't. So she comes to me because I've already been through it. And I've already made it out. I've braved the storm and I've walked on water and I've sunk and I'm back in the boat with Jesus. And now she's in the storm and she's starting to sink. And I can tell her that she can reach out. Jesus is right in front of her. She can reach out. And 
yeah, that's just kind of what I've been feeling this week. Um, that TikTok really just striked a lot in me, I guess. But I wanted to kind of talk it out. I wish that I had more answers for myself and for y'all about maybe how to get out of bondage or how to, what freedom feels like on the other side. I know freedom from some things, but I feel like it would be a lie for all of us to say that we know what true freedom feels like. Because a part of me thinks that true freedom comes in heaven because we're never going to be sinless. Um, maybe true freedom is when you like have really been struggling for a long time with one thing and like you get deliverance. I don't know. I'll let y'all know if I figured out though, or if I go through it, y'all will be the first ones to know that is a pinky promise. Um, if you guys have an answer for me on the blueberry question or the pilot question, DM me. My Instagram is, well, the rooted Instagram is at the pod rooted. Uh, my personal Instagram is like KG Tippins or something. I don't know. I don't know any of my actual handles for my personal stuff. Um, I know that it's tagged on my rooted podcast Instagram, but that is where you can find updates about the show. And uh, if we accidentally miss a week, I think there was one week where I did not post due to technical difficulties. That is where you will find everything at the pod rooted. Uh, TikTok is at the podcast rooted. I post content on there almost every day. Uh, I try, I attempt doing my best, but I love you all so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate y'all for braving through this one, braving through the storm of me on caffeine past seven o'clock. Really appreciate that. I love all of you bunches and I hope you have a blessed and amazing week. Bye.